Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 30 where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 30 presented by SeatGeek. This is episode 371. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes, as well as the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Ripken. Gentlemen. Take two. We're back. It's not. It's not us three hopping on unless something goes wrong. You know. You know the drill. You know, we do this. Nate and I do this podcast. I'm starting to th- really think it is you, Ryan, because at first when we were having technical difficulties when you were on with us a, a number of months back, I was like, no, no, it's it's just it's just the platform we're using. But now I'm starting to think it's you because we've been fine the last we've few months. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. And then all of a sudden you get on and, and then everything wants to bug out. So what's the what's the common denominator here? You know what? That's fair. It's I'm Ollie. just, I'm here. It, whoa, it actually is. He has been a menace, <laughs> an absolute force right now. A lot to look forward to for you, Kyle, having the, having the young pup. Um but yeah, you know, I'm just hearing a lot of excuses on your end. You know, usually, hey, I'll take the blame. I don't think it was my fault this time, except my laptop is due to just die while being plugged in at some point during the show. No, yeah, no, that sounds like a great setup you've got over there and definitely not our problem. <laughs> like, it, it definitely sounds like it's all our fault. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, things are going well on your end. Um, you guys have seen the evolution. No. You've seen the evolution of the stuff. You guys helped me with the stuff, and it was that's it was true. Tough. It You're was growing tough. right right in front of our eyes. It's, it's crazy. insane. Thanks, Dad. It's insane. <laughs> it's just night and day from where Ryan started to where he is now. He's uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's made an appearance on I think every baseball podcast on Apple Podcasts that's available for listening. Do you want to plug all your stuff now? Just get it out of the way. All seventeen of your shows that you're on. Uh, well, sure. I will say this, uh, because it's happening tonight. Uh, I'm actually the whole week, except for the day game. I'll be doing radio pregame for the Orioles, but Monday and Tuesday down by the stadium for 105.7. Nice. At the Rip and Rock nice. podcast, it's specifically talking about the Orioles. Uh, I got the Off Script podcast, which has some guests and do all that. I'll eat some food. And um, and then, yeah, I just started a YouTube you know, Ryan Ripken show a little bit of, Hey, how you doing? But I had to get back on with the guys because it's, uh, it's been too long Back to the roots, back to the, back roots. To the roots. And yeah. like our squads are doing pretty well. They're doing 
rather well. We need to make this more regular thing because people people are clamoring for Ryan. I, I say that every time you get on here, and it's the truth. But I feel like in order to offset that a little bit, we can just make it more of a regular thing, like we had been doing there for a while, and then we won't we won't be driving the people crazy wondering where you're at. Well, I mean, you know what? You guys have my number. It, it's still the same. You can reach out whenever. Man, there's a lot of deflecting on us today. I, a little I bit, mean, a little bit, a little I, bit of lack of accountability over there. That's, that's hey, what hey, I'm you know what? No, Man, this is tough. Anish, it, it, hey, I, I, he's gotten, he's gotten too busier. big. No, he's gotten too big for us. That's what it is. <laughs> I, it was inevitable. We knew this was happening. He, he starts up 64 podcast, and now it's like, well, the Prince of Baltimore. Honestly, I mean. It's just that's just didn't like so, that one. <laughs> that's so false. Um, but I but I will say this. I've even said, hey, let me not let me know when you guys are, are rolling through the Baltimore DC region. And yeah, what did I tell you? And what did I tell you? I said there that I'd be there for a game in August, and you said, Oh, well, I don't do day games. <laughs> I'm better than that. I only do the primetime games. That's exactly that's, what that, I heard. That actually. sounds exactly, yeah, yeah verbatim. <laughs> and then the other thing I heard from Roll Nate the was tape. I, one thing I heard from Nate was, yeah, uh, just add it to the expense. Just add, add, it, add it to the bill. So yeah. went to buy his flights. Because apparently now I've gotten so large that I can, <laughs> I can just write that off. Um, I mean, look, that, look, I hadn't considered it, but if it means writing it off as a business expense to get Nate out here for maybe a weekend of some O's games with the three of us, I, we, I, I'll do it. TikTok has told yeah, well, me that all you need to have is one business meeting while you're on your vacation and you can write it off. That's what TikTok taught me. So then it has it. to be right. Right. I'm yeah. all about it. That is if, if the Prince of Baltimore would, would have the availability to do so. <laughs> With that said, let's talk about some weekend baseball, shall we? Uh, running through the weekend series, uh, some good ball all around the Giants sweep the pod, uh, the pirates, Pittsburgh, has lost seven of eight. Uh, they dropped to a season worst, 11 games under 500. Yeah, that story's all done, I think. Pirates are 21 and 44 after a 20 and eight start. Yep. It yep. was fun. It was a fun run, um, but reality really has started to kick in uh, for this for this Pirates team. Just not ready yet. Not ready yet. Maybe not my best series to start off with immediately following saying good baseball all around. Good for the Giants, I guess you could say, but Pirates mm. not so much. Mm. Uh, the White Sox take down the Braves this weekend. Braves dropped their first series since the month of May. Does it matter? No, sure doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but to the white does. that that's the I guess that's like the the semi jarring aspect of it. It's like to the White Sox, but you know that's baseball. And the White Sox, and don't look now, they're eight and a half back of the division. Oh. I don't know how. They're fifteen games under, and they're eight and a half back. Could you imagine? What a garbage, garbage division. Every every Monday we're burying the AL Central. Can't can't stop it. They're now. closer in the di- they're they're closer in the division race than the wild card race, if I'm not mistaken. Or one of those central teams is maybe it's the Tiger. Is it the Tigers? Yeah, it's something like that. The Just, uh, Tigers are ten back in the wild card 
six back in the division. So I don't know what you were looking at. You're just making stuff up, I think. I just said they're closer in the division race than the wild card race, and you just confirmed what no, I just said. No, you said closer in the wild card race. I than the did not. Race. I heard it, guy. You heard roll it. the tapes. Yeah, we actually. You might have. You might have misspoken there on that. One. <laughs> I said. Let's go. Okay, whatever. Ryan, you're here right. every week now. Roll, Moving roll on. Ta- roll the tapes. <laughs> roll the tapes. <laughs> Episode three seventy one. Roll the tapes. Uh, the Orioles sweep the Marlins. Orioles have won eight straight. And Ryan believes that they're the best team in the American League, despite being the second team in their division. Okay, but if, to each their own. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if you're gonna say that, say it right. Say it right with the context of it. All right, I no, said, no, 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 no. We're we're gonna talk O's once we wrap up these weekend series. So we fair, don't need to go full O's mode right now. Yeah, put your hands well, in fair your pockets. Enough. Relax. Hands are up. I will say this with the Luis, Luis Arise with the Marlins. There's some stat out there. That it's when he goes O for something. I think he went O for the last game, but when he when he has a bad game like that, he proceeded to go like five for something the next like two games. He was four for five then the next game. I mean, the dude he's not gonna hit four hundred because it's impossible. But man, uh, it is just unbelievable what he's continued to do. I've gotten Nate's Nate's take on it. What do you think he ends the year at? <sighs> I think I think it's gonna drop a little bit, but I say in the in that three sixty eight range. Hmm. Is that too high? Too low? I don't remember what I said. I think you had him in like I thought the, it was in like the seventies or eighties. I eighties is generous, I think. But. I think it was three eighties, but this was also like a number of weeks ago and he's yeah. I, yeah, I, was just, I, I was just buying into the hype. From what I've seen, he's he's slipped a little bit. Naturally, that that's just so hard to maintain and to sustain. Like you, people are like, "Well, this could be the year somebody finally gets to 400." I, it's no. not gonna happen. It is simply no. not going to happen. As pitchers get better, it's just no. no I mean, but we but I will say this: but whether he doesn't, whether he does or doesn't, the Marlins so far, it just doesn't feel good. Don't be discouraged if, if you're a Marlins fan. Your team's still having a great year. Arise is a great story. And your team's still well in the race and in, yeah. in, in playoff contention, which if if you were at this point of the season, that's all you could hope for for the Marlins. You just got to wash it away. The O's are just, they're just on a bender right now. Phillies take three or four from the Padres. Phillies walk off the Padres in the 12th on Sunday, giving them three straight wins to take the series. Also, side note, I read that Rob Thompson has announced that Bryce Harper will be making his career debut at first base sometime this week. So something to keep keep your eye on. Uh, That's we'll bring that back because we're going to talk about some interesting stuff later with possibly names moving. Ooh, bring that hint, bring that back up because that is going into hinting my a little bit process. Hinting a little bit at our segment later in the show, a little yes, trade, sir. little trade predictions. I like it. Uh, Brewers sweep the Reds. Brewers beat the Reds for the fifth time in a six-game stretch. The two teams met for a series just before the All-Star break, and then met again uh, this past weekend. The Brewers, with the sweep, now have a two-game lead over the Reds in the division. The Rays over the Royals. Rays take the series, but the Royals win the finale in an hour and fifty-four minutes on Sunday. So. Royals fans that were in attendance, uh, probably a little 
depressed, probably hating life after not even being at the ballpark for two hours. But hey, Manfred's rules. Real quick, back on the the Reds, uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. I was curious to see what um, what the Reds have been doing in the division, and this is kind of the difference, dude. They're twelve and seventeen against the NL Central. Milwaukee's twenty and nine. So, like, I hate to use the phrase like "big brother" because I don't think the Brewers are that dominant. But like, when you're twenty and nine in your own division, and everyone else is hovering or below 500 it's like you know you kind of are the big brother yeah uh, it's true you got to win your division games you know that that's going to be down the stretch and for them to to get over the hurdle it it looks like a two-team race right now brewers reds you're going to have to go through milwaukee and even though they're not that juggernaut that maybe you're looking at some of these other teams it's not like milwaukee's got some guys they got some pieces um it's it's gonna be really but but the reds too also if i'm not mistaken before the break they played a pretty tough stretch they had that unbelievable series with the braves that could have gone either way i think they lost that series two of three came to baltimore took that one so they're playing competitive teams but at the end of the day circling the brew you gotta take care of it yeah you gotta take care of those guys I don't know. Don't look now, though. The Cardinals took their series over the weekend versus the Washington Nationals, uh, known Stop juggernaut in the na- in the National League East. Uh, so Cardinals take that series. Red Sox over the Cubs. Masataki Yoshida continues his Rookie of the Year campaign, and the Red Sox are now 10-2 and two since June 30th, which is the best record in the majors over that span. All-star snub right there. Yoshida. Crazy. Could arguably have been starting. That's fan voting for you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, vibes are high. I think this is the first time I've busted out the the road socks uni. It does have Xander Bogarts on it, so that would explain yeah, don't turn why. Around. Yeah, yeah, that, that would explain why I haven't broken it out. Still a little, little, a uh, little, little too painful there, but. You know, vibes are high in in, uh, in Boston, so I figured I'd break it out for the episode. Rangers sweep the Guardians. Rangers have won three consecutive games for the first time since June 17th through 19th, so about a month, uh, and they swept a three-game series for the first time since June 2nd through the 4th against Seattle. The Guardians have lost four straight, their longest losing streak of the season. Trash division, still two and a half back though. Yeah, no, it's some, love it. Yeah, they're hanging in there. Gosh, no, I still can't believe that. I can't get over it. I, the, it has been. I thought the Guardians were a team. I think we all kind of thought that, right? Start off, thought that maybe something was going to get going. It just seems like just just like the rest of the Central, just stuck in the mud or or buried in quicksand. One of the two, right? See the Naylor brothers both went yaya over the weekend though. That's pretty mm-hmm. neat. That is neat, Nate. I heard the I heard the youngest brother is the dude though. He just got drafted. The youngest brother is the guy. What a family though. Oh, I saw his name pop up and I yeah. I was like mm-hmm. safe to assume this is one of the Naylor brothers, but Yeah. So that's the dude. What is, is he a is he an infielder? I don't know. No idea. Couldn't tell you. He's just the dude generally. He's just the guy. I saw a swing. Looks pretty good. Okay, so he's not a pitcher. We know that. Right. Process elimination. 
Uh, Rockies over the Yankees. Colorado, a National League worst, 36 and 58. I just wanted to include that for context. Thanks. Uh, let off the 11th inning with a tie and two run homer from Nolan Jones and finished it off with a walk off homer from Alan Trejo to beat the Yankees and take the series on Sunday. You know, the best part of that whole thing uh, is that the is- Yankees lost to the National League worst Rockies. Um, that's, that feels like it's your best thing. I feel like Nate feels slightly different. I thought for me, talk about a broadcasting jinx, the guy right before I forgot who made the call said, Oh yeah. The guy yeah hasn't yeah. had a home John run Flaherty. all year. And then goes until right now, like he hits it until right now. And it's like, man, the broadcasting jinx is real. It's, it's very real. It, it's very real and wow. Um tough one. Tough one for the Yanks. But hey, it's okay. I mean, I'll I'll save a positive thought for the Yanks later. How about that, Nate? Mm. You're gonna be the only one. Okay. Well, that's why I'm back too. Hey, look, I'm <laughs> jokes You're- aside, like I'm right there with you, Nate. It's in I mean, we'll get into a little bit if we talk A least, but we're at a point where we have two teams that are what, six games over five hundred, and they're yeah. in the conversation of whether or not they should be buyers or sellers. Yeah. It's a really, really weird place to be at. And this all just further confirms that the American League East runs the entire yeah. group of divisions. We we know this. Yeah. Uh, the Twins sweep the Athletics. Twins win three straight in Oakland, something they hadn't done since July 1997. Tigers over the Mariners. Tigers take the series, but Mariners return to 500 with the win in Sunday's finale. Uh, Dodgers over the Mets. Mets were a walk-off single in the 10th on Sunday away from being swept at home. So they salvaged that uh, on Sunday Sunday evening. Astros over the Angels. Here's, did you guys hear about this series? Just wild back and forth. Like people can can rag on the Angels all they want, but they put up a they put up a heck of a fight this weekend. I'll I'll give them their credit, even though they dropped the series. AOS rivals combined for 56 runs during a Whoa. series that saw seven ties and 10 lead changes. There were 32 runs scored in the seventh inning or later which is the most in any three-game series since the San Francisco Giants and Colorado Rockies combined for 33 in 2012 per ESPN. It's either ugly baseball or just haymakers being thrown back and forth. Yeah, that it was it was the latter. Angels mm-hmm. Angels put up a a fight. They did That's what you the you got 2 weeks basically. I yeah. mean like well, they're, they're here's two the games under, nine games back. I still think they're sellers, but like, I mean, yeah. once I Trout mean, went down, once Trout went down, and, and this team just yeah. felt like, you I mean, and we know this, two two of the best players, even if they are two of the best players in all baseball, still it takes a full team to do it, and, and the Angels clearly just still have some issues. But it, it kind of sums up how it's been going for them recently. You have a lead in the ninth inning last night. And and then Bregman goes deep, and all of a sudden, here it is again. The Astros are getting hot, and naturally, Otani goes deep, but again, the Angels lose. And it's just coming up, even though they've fought, and the Angels are exciting because Otani's there. At the end of the day, this team is just not built 
to to last and they really are going to have to evaluate how they can try to change the culture there because uh be, for angels fans it's it's been a tough go let's take a look at some uh, uh some standings following the first series back from the all-star break so in the American League East, which we'll talk about here shortly, you got the Rays at the top, still the only team in the American League with 60 wins, uh, 60 and 36. The O's right behind them at 57 and 35. The Blue Jays at 53 and 41 in third. Uh, in fourth, the Red Sox at 50 and 44, and the Yankees also at 50 and 44 at the bottom, both of which I mentioned are in the conversation for uh being buyers or sellers which is just a weird place to be the american league central you got minnesota at the top at 48 and 56 it's been well documented to this point but both the red sox and yankees would be leading the american league central but that's neither here nor there the guardians in second at 50 uh 45 and 48 tigers at 41 and 51 the white Sox at 40 and 55 and the royals in last at 27 and 67 they're still duking it out with the a's for worst team in baseball uh american league west rangers at 55 and 39 astros at 52 and 42 mariners in third at 46 and 46 the angels at 46 and 48 and the a's at 25 and 70 the national league east the best record in baseball, the Atlanta Braves, 61 and 31. Marlins right behind them at 53 and 42. The Phillies, 51 and 42. The Mets, 43 and 50. They're 18 and a half games back in the division, by the way. <laughs> and the Nationals at the bottom at 37 and 56. Uh, like, what? Can we just look at this division real quick? I mean, I know the NL East is a crapshoot year to year. It's always up in the air. But did anybody really see the Mets being fifth, 18 and a half games back, and the Marlins being the ne next closest team at a shot of getting the division? Which they won't. We've said it before. Like, I, I can't tell. Obviously, the Braves are dominant. But it's it's not like the rest of that division has really done what you would expect. Obviously, the Mets are just a dumpster fire. But I, I don't know. I mean, the Phillies being nine over 500, you know, I think we like sometimes have to remind ourselves that they were a wild card team last year. And it's not like we were going to see like this huge jump forward to be, you know, like a potential division winner. Um, but the Marlins, I mean, like, that's the biggest story to me, like the Braves are doing what they do, but the Marlins being in the position they're in. And we, we talked about like, they have this just giant group of pitching that they can move whenever they need to, to add and fill gaps as is they're going to be buyers and they're going to go for it. And like, I'm excited for it. I think everything to me, so, so as far as actually, let me backtrack it here. The Nationals was kind of expected, like right where, you know, where they were, they're trying to rebuild. It's no secret there. 
the Mets, obviously the biggest disappointment in that division because arguably the it, biggest disappointment in all sports. And the, but there is another team in that in the National League that is just uh, fighting for them for that spot because of how things have gone. I mean, let's make no mistake. The Braves have been arguably, you can debate it, the best team in baseball over the last four years. Like they have consistently been the team that has been very dominant. They were very dominant last year and they didn't win it. The Phillies, it feels like the Philly vibes from last year. They're starting to play better baseball. And as we know, like it doesn't matter. You just got to get in. The Marlins is the feel good story. I'm still not sold with the Marlins. But if that's the one that like truly surprises me the most right now, it's them. But but make no mistake, it's just it's so glaring because the Mets, the what was that stat? You guys remember that in July? Like with it was series wins and the amount of wins. It was like it was seven. They had seven wins and they hadn't won a series in they hadn't won a series since like end of April or something crazy like that. Oh right? yeah, I think I I think I mentioned that yeah. on one of our Yeah. Recent- and I can't remember it off the top of my head, but the point of it being it's like, man. You had all this money. You have all this expectation. And not that, like, you're scuffling and trying to stay in the hunt. Like, you are out of it. You are completely yeah. out of it right now, which is so shocking when you look between them and the Marlins. You could, if you flip those roles, we'd all agree, right? We'd exp- like, okay, that make, we, we could live with that. Not the other way around right now. A little side note, and I, and I've said it recently, but it's, it's worth repeating. The, for both the Mets and the Padres right now, because I saw more of it again today, and it just seems to be a storyline or a narrative, I should say, that continues to resurface as these teams continue to struggle. And that it's that we're we're calling out guys like Steve Cohen and AJ Preller for not being able to to build a winning team. At what point do we put it on the players? Like I'll yeah. continue to say that. We get on these guys all the time. We get on these owners that refuse to spend money. We get we get on these front offices that refuse to make the moves necessary to to have the best chance at winning everything in October. But why are we putting it on them? If they're the ones signing the checks, crazy money, like millions and millions, billions of dollars over however many years is going out the window to these guys. And somehow it falls on them for the fact that the, like for Steve Cohen, for example, it falls on him for the fact that the Mets are 18 and a half back in July. It it doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, I was only like 25% kidding when I said the biggest disappointment in sports. This, I think this will go down as like, it, it it's unforgettable to break records on your payroll and have this big of a disappointment. I I can't think of any other team that's had this type of collapse where there was so much hype, so much buildup, so much excitement. And we've seen it with Mets fans before. That's always there. It's ongoing. If you think about but it, this, we this were talking about this last year. specifically is record-breaking payroll. I don't remember no. any other team that's done this in other sports that has been this bad. It's one thing to miss the playoffs. It's one thing to maybe chase it into the last two weeks of the season, but it's one thing to be done mid-July. You're done. It's over. I'd say the one team where the disappointment and it wasn't for the payroll, but they still 
a lot of names was the Nationals when they had Matt Williams as the manager in his second year. And they had all that expectations. Nats of the World Series. That was the year the Mets went to the World Series then. And they like came, you know, got hot and uh, ended up falling to the Royals. That year was like the most where when we looked at the most disappointing that I can remember, but that wasn't necessarily payroll related. That mm-hmm. was expectation related. The pot, you know what stinks with this is? is that the narrative being driven is only going to beat louder for not paying guys as much because you're seeing teams do win games with under team control because it works. Yes, the Dodgers have the system down where they can spend money, but you're looking at teams like Tampa, Baltimore, the Reds, um, Milwaukee's not even a big spender. And then like the Braves, we've talked about what the Braves' magic they've done, but they've extended guys. But the point being, these massive payrolls for teams, and this is what you're saying, this is going to excite, this is what players need. And then because the team that these teams are not going to have the success, it I don't want it to be the case, but owners, if they had doubts and reservations before, they might still continue that. Not that Steve Cohen will Steve Cohen will continue to spend money. It's a philosophy. But if people were teetering on the edge of like maybe we should or maybe we shouldn't, there's nothing that happened this year so far that's going to change any of their opinions. It might even push them more of we're going to build the system and we're going to cut ties because the money always doesn't lead to the success that we need. Excellent point. National League Central. Talking about a team that's not really a big spender. The Milwaukee Brewers at the top at 52 and 42. The Reds right behind them at 50 and 44. Cubs at 43 and 49. Pirates at 41 and 52. They're 10 and a half games back. And the Cardinals still on July 17th, still at the bottom of the National League Central at 40 and 53. And last I checked, Ali Marmel is still the manager. So what is happening? Do with that what you will. Uh, the National League West, Dodgers at the top. This is this is a fun one. This, this is fun. a fun one. National League West, you got the Dodgers at the top at 53 and 39. The Giants right behind them at 52 and 41. And then the D-backs right behind them at 52 and 42. Padres are 44 and 50. They're 10 games back. They've lost three straight, six and four in their last 10. And then the Rockies... The mighty Rockies taking down the big Bronx Bombers this weekend, 36 and 58 at the bottom. Um, they're 18 back. Other than the Mets, I mean, that, that's been an ongoing conversation. Is there anything that really stands out across baseball now that we have wrapped up the first series post ASG break? It, it I feel like so much of the NL has been decided. I feel like so much, and not necessarily division winners, but you look at the wild card, like you have... Just who's the in the Gi- conversation. Right, like the Giants are leading it. Miami has the other spot. Uh, Arizona has the last spot. Philly only half game back for that last spot. Cincy only two games back. And then you have this like huge gap with the Padres next in line at eight back in that last spot. So I feel like the NL is almost decided it's basically just going to be like seeding at this point, who takes the division versus, you know, what spots in the wild card or whatever. Um, whereas, you know, like you still look at the AL and it's still a bit of a toss up. The AL East is a mess with just, you know, good teams being still in the conversation, could go hot whenever. 
but you still have a lot of teams in the picture going all the way down to the guardians being six and a half back from that last wildcard spot. So, um, yeah, it's just like, I'm surprised how competitive the NL West is. And I'm surprised how many big names as far as teams go are out on the NL side. They're just done. I still can't get over the Padres. And I I wanted to throw out this stat here for a second because this is where it kind of just blows my mind here. So the Padres are seventh in baseball in earned run average. They're seventh. Every team in front of them is at 500 or above, except the Padres. So it just, and they're 16th in the league in runs per game. So when you're looking at it, and that's the thing is when you look at who they have, Tatis, you know, Xander, uh, Soto, like the acquisitions, it still shocks me that that has happened when you're looking at teams that even though the Yanks have had their struggles in the American League, you're missing your best player, but the Yanks are still pitching their way to stay in it. And usually pitching is what keeps you in it. And unfortunately for, for a team like San Diego, you know, it hasn't, especially losing losing that opening series to the Phillies. That was a gut punch. Like, that was one you need to come out swinging. And not. And I'm not going to go as far as to say that it's fully, you know, that they're fully done, even though they are. they have been put on life support. There's no room for error now moving forward. And quite frankly, time's running out, and you're going to have to make a big decision because the other three teams in your division – and do not sleep on the Giants. Like the Giants are just a team that just, you might not know a lot of the players' names, but man, they are good right now. So that should be fun. That division's fun. Um, but man, just, I, I still can't, I really can't. I think I, I predicted with the Padres, like a lot of us probably, that they would be a team coming out of the NL. You mentioned Giants are, are awfully good right now. They have won five straight, so I don't know, man. Uh, I honestly thought it was going to be Arizona and L.A. down the stretch, and it still might be that. We don't know. The Giants may fall out, but they are not giving us any reason to believe that. Like, that There's no reason for us to count them out at this point. So that'll be that'll be an interesting race. I think that'll be the the division. I'm trying to see here. I mean, outside of the AL East, I guess, right? I mean, that's got to be the division to watch. Yeah, I would agree. Over these last couple months, yeah, love that. The the exciting uh, up and coming team, the exciting upcoming team, and the two teams that have been around. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah, speaking of which, I got we. Last episode, Ryan, we talked about what team, uh, what surprise team from the first half that we were riding with uh, in the second half based on just everything that we saw and kind of where things have lined up as we we enter the second half. What team, what surprise team are you riding with in the second half? Either, either American or national? Yeah, just across the league, yeah. Across the league, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know where the Orioles stand for that, so I'm just not going to sit, I'm not going to go with that one because obviously there's connections there. I, I'm going to I'm going to still ride with the Reds 
honestly, and then looking at it more and more and getting to see them come to Baltimore. And although I think that the Brewers still are the team to win that division, I do think that Cincinnati has something there. And if their young talent can continue to play, like their lineup is solid. It's a really solid lineup there. And I, and I felt bad. Like I, they'd asked me about in, in the pregame show about, Oh, I, you know, what should we watch out? I'm like, well, watch out for Matt McClain. And McClain has two, two big hits. And then Friedel goes deep to win the game in extra innings. Uh, Abbott comes up there and he was dynamite for them to start. So it's, it's an exciting team. You just don't know if they have enough, but that, that to me is still the surprise team. If I was going to still hold on and that I want to do well, I want Cincy. You know, the biggest thing too, have you guys seen their fan turnout for games? Yeah. Like Cincy, like why wouldn't you? Yeah. want Cincy to keep rolling because that is so great for baseball. So I'm sticking with them. Um, I, I hope they can keep it going as long as they can and, and, and push to a postseason berth. I like that. Let's talk. Uh, I was, I was mentioning it. Let's talk some AL East. Now that we have our, uh, our dear friend Ryan on there, as I mentioned, they've won eight in a row. Um, Ryan, as I go to give rookie some peanut butter because he's making some noise, uh, I want you to explain <laughs> your pitch uh, for why you believe they're the best team in the American League right now, and I will be back. Okay. Well, hey, you have a good time. I remember these stages. It's fun. It's um, it's, it's fun. We got about an hour and a half of, of window time, and then what we'll kind start of peanut the butter? Bucket. That's the real question. Jiff. Creamy? Don't tell me you're a Skippy guy. Peter Pan. That's uh, the that's goat. Fair. That's fair. Uh, I respect goat. that. That's I'll the goat peanut that. butter. Yeah, Hard to find, but that's it. the goat peanut and butter. And yeah, we're gonna that that could be a very good. Uh, you know what? We're gonna have to have a topic about this discussion. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, we'll say we that have, for a different time. You go take Ryan, care. We'll <laughs> bring Ryan on for three o change up, and it'll just be about Ooh, peanut butter. Three o change ups. We need a little Rye guy on there. That's we need Ryan on there. All right, Ryan, make your pitch. Yeah, I got it here for everyone here. Uh, I, to give context to this, I put out a tweet on a tweet on Twitter because Twitter's still rolling. Uh, I still, side note, Nate, I don't know about threads. I don't know how that works yet. Uh, I'm, I'm trying last it, of the but party. Yeah. I'm not even on there I, yet, but it's, I don't, I don't even, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like Ricky Bobby, yeah. you know, I don't know what to do, but the context of the tweet was I went on, uh, last night or so Sunday night, talk about the Orioles in Baltimore and it, they, I got asked the question, do I think right now the Orioles are the best team in the American League? And, or where do they stand? And I said, right now, hottest team, yes. As we're speaking at this moment, the Orioles to me are the best team in the American League. They're one game back. They're playing the best baseball in that, in that league. So therefore they are. Now for long-term, you can't crown a team in July. Mm -hmm. So regardless of what they've done, you know, if the playoffs were to start in two weeks, I would still, my confidence level would still have the Orioles be a top five confidence that I believe that they can make some noise. But I'd be naive to say that this team is going to be better than a team that might be seasoned like the Blue Jays or the Astros or um, the Rays going to the playoffs, the teams that have just have had a little bit more experience. And it's a long way to go. But for right now, no one has more confidence in the Baltimore Orioles. 
And I think the one knock I was always worried about with the with Baltimore with with the baby birds was how would their young talent survive early on, or how 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 would they combat their struggles? And all they did was find ways to to win games, and they were finding ways to win games in so many different ways. And then a guy named Gunnar Henderson wasn't hitting, and but boy, he is he is a stroke in the ball now. Um, and they're firing on all cylinders. Like they just can't do wrong. So that's why I think the Orioles at this current moment, welcome back, Kyle, that the Orioles are in a great position, but by no means does this mean that they're crowned to be the American league East champion. Uh, if they get through this next three weeks, I think that they have a good shot. They, they don't play a, a team with a losing record until the Mets on August 4th. If they get through this, oh, and also they go to Tampa on Wednesday to start a four-game series with with Tampa. So if the, if the Orioles get out of this, then we can have a serious conversation about them taking the division away from, from the Rays. Is it still too early for you, Ryan, to pencil them in to the postseason bracket for October? I don't honestly I think that they're going to be locked in. I do. There I think they're if, if I checked correctly and I gotta have to pull back up. There is such a cushion in the wild card standings for them. Six six games, that lead. Okay, I thought I saw six and a half. So six-game lead from falling out entirely. Not that it's impossible, but they're going to have to play extremely bad baseball. If they played 500 baseball the rest of the way, what's that record entail to? That's They're 22 over 500 right now. You play 500 ball the rest of the way. That's 92 and 70. I think that gets you in. Yeah. So unless they have a really rough go, I think it's safe to say postseason baseball has a good chance to to be coming back to Baltimore. So kind of zooming out a little bit, but still looking at the division, as I mentioned, Red Sox and Yankees both as we approach a deadline in that conversation of should they should they buy should they sell like I don't I personally don't know it it's a really really weird place to be as I said I mean both Red Sox and Yankees both sit at 50 and 44 they're 9 games back entering Monday's games they're two back in the wild card Two games in the back from the wild card is nothing. But you look at the teams as they are, and it just really makes you wonder, like, does this thing have the legs? So would, like, should we, would we chalk these up as buyers or sellers as we approach a deadline? I can't speak for the Red Sox, obviously, as much. I think the Yankees are going to be buyers, and I'm not saying that as a hopeful thing. I actually, I'm done with Brian Cashman. I'm done with Boone. Like it's time for a new era. It's That's time well to move on. I think missing the playoffs would would help that happen. But Cashman's not going to go out without swinging. So he's going to make some moves. I think they're going to be buyers. We got reports today showing up that they're looking at Pretty much every position we know left field's a hole. Catching, they're looking to build up on a little bit. 
And then the back end of the bullpen, as we saw, that really just kind of let the team down over the weekend against the Rockies. But that's that's Boone. That's what Boone does. He's quick to the bullpen, and he just beats them into the ground. And then we kind of just crawl to the finish line with that bullpen. So I do think they're buyers for the reason that Cashman's kind of fighting for his life. Um, at the same time, you probably have some names that you could move to soften that blow a little bit. Um, it's just, it's tough, man. Like I know it's, it's much easier to, to play Monday morning quarterback, but like I saw a tweet the other day that was talking about how well and exposing how well Matt Olson has been doing. He was here. Like New York had him in the palm of their hand. It was ready to go. And it didn't, they couldn't get the, the job done. And so you commit to a Rizzo who, you know, is now appearing as if he's not healthy. DJ LeMayhew is, I, I don't know what has gone, gone wrong there, but he just seems like he's, you know, completely aged. Uh, and there's still a lot of, you know, money owed to that deal. You just got names that aren't showing up. They're not doing what they should be doing. And you're right, Ryan, you mentioned it earlier. They're pitching really well. You know, their starting rotation is doing their job. And like yesterday was just, I don't know, like it seems like once a month we're having a new worst loss of the season. And Sunday's loss in extras against the Rockies was was kind of like, to me, the new rock bottom. I didn't know it could get lower. On the flip side, it's a little a little bit different for the Red Sox there, as I mentioned. They're they're playing a lot better ball as of late, eight and two in the last ten. Um again, nine back in vision, two back in the wild card race. But uh I saw this tweet from uh Carabas today said since the Red Sox were swept by the Marlins, they have the best record in baseball, ten and two. They lead Major League Baseball in batting at three oh eight, slugging at five forty two, OPS at nine oh one, extra base hits fifty seven, and lead the AL in homers with twenty, run seventy seven, and on base percentage three fifty nine. Again, this comes as no surprise. No matter who they can gets, bang. That's and it's always been that. No matter yeah. who gets penciled <laughs> into that lineup year after year. It's always the same, but I just don't know if we have why well, I do know we don't have the legs from a pitching standpoint to do anything worth discussing come October. But at the same time, this team gives me like those 2021 vibes where it's like, okay, you sneak in, you get the, the mojo kicks in, things just start happening. I don't want to rule that out. But at the same time, we got some pretty, we got some pretty valuable pieces that we could ship out right about now. Adam Duvall could be looking for a new home. James Paxton has been throwing the ball real well. I, I don't know. I I don't want to rule out anything yet, but I could see I could see the merit to both sides of it. So I don't know. Maybe like a half sell, half buy type deadline where you move names that. Yeah, I mean, not to like go all the way back, but like you go back to 04. They they traded away Nomar at the deadline and ended right. up winning the World Series. I'm sure when the de when that deadline came and went, people are going, "Well, well, what are we doing here?" Right. And they go on to win the World Series. So, I'm not saying that's happening here, but 
this like there there is something to be said like you were saying for this whole like half sell half buy thing i i see it as like maybe like a like a buy on a budget kind of thing yeah i keep seeing like paul de young going and playing shortstop for them where it's like that's not a big splash but it does fill a hole that they have i i kind of agree i think it's one of those things where like you could you could subtract a little bit you could move a duvall maybe even kenley and still try to make a run at the wild card. I could see that. I'd hate to give up Kenley. We waited so long for an actual closer. Yeah. But the price I, is high. I, I mean, it's never it. been higher. Yeah. It's true. I think return. honestly, these next the next the next couple weeks here are gonna really dictate. And I was looking at where the Red Sox actually were. Uh it's been a great month of July to start, you know, nine and two, I believe, for this month. And then the, this is what happens. Like the Red Sox were playing around 500 ball for the first few months of the season, and then you get hot for a minute, right? And I think just the positive thing to give you a little bit of hope, Nate, even though you're still pretty doom and gloom, is the Yankees had a worse record back in 17 when they made a run to the ALCS, if I'm not mistaken. So my point being, we don't know how it's going to go. The Red Sox, though, and I guess you guys got to ask yourself, you know, the Red Sox, the pitching, it's hard to put that in place. But, Nate, you think Cashman's going down swinging? Are you, but with the roster construction, are you willing to sell more of the farm to just get a rental to try to push, make a push? Because I will say this, we haven't talked about it as much because we got the O's, Sox, and Yankees kind of represented like the Blue Jays are quietly just right there, you know, mm-hmm. and and they're and they are doing very well, and they're not going to go away. And Tampa's, you know, scuffled a little bit, but they're still atop. So Jays are also eight and two in their last ten, have won four straight. So, so yeah. to the point, I guess. What like personally for you guys, would would you be? It sounds like I you kind of answered it right there, Kyle, about if you would want to sell, like you know. You want to be careful. It's it's not even it's not about the potential outcome of this year. I'm with this team as it is. I'm looking much longer term here. I'm looking at this and I'm saying I don't want this to be a repeat of 2021, where it it it's great. It doesn't end with the championship, but in with this team, it would extend Heim Bloom's tenure here. I I'm. I'm done with Heim Bloom. I don't care how this year turns out. After what happened in December, January, so on and so forth, I'm I'm just out. I I don't see the vision. And people can say, well, it's the, it's there. You just got to look. I, no, we're, this isn't this isn't the Tampa Bay Rays. We don't need to squint to see our vision. Like we're the Boston Red Sox. We should be able to just swing whatever we want to, whenever we want to. So. If, if you're going to sell, sell. If you're going to commit, commit. But again, don't give me this like, well, we're just going to see what we can do, hopefully sneak in and maybe make some magic in October. Because then that's going to be like, well, you know, I'm Bloons finding a way to make it on a budget. It's like, I don't want that anymore. I'm tired of this. So all that to say, whether you buy, sell, I just want it to confirm or deny Heimbloom an opportunity to continue his his tenure here because I'm I'm done. Yeah. The Yankees, I mean, like, they're just, they're notorious for, like, holding on to prospects for so long. So long. And then, for some reason, there's some type of disconnect. And 
and Ryan, you can probably touch on this better than most. Like there is something that's happening when guys are getting out of the minor league system and up to the big league level, you're seeing, you're seeing abilities almost disappear, right? Like what happened to Clint Frazier? What happened to Miguel Andujar? What's happening to Glaber Torres? Like we're watching guys that like you, you see so much success down below. Like why is, why is a minor league teammate, the guy that's getting Anthony Volpe back on, on track? Why is that? Why isn't there, why isn't there on the, on the coaching side at the big league level able to figure that out? There's some type of disconnect. And so the Yankees just hoard prospects and they get so fearful to move them at the same time. You have names you don't want to touch, right? Like, I'm glad Volpe didn't move. I'm glad that didn't happen. I want him here. I think every Yankee fan wants him here. Jason Dominguez, don't touch that guy. Leave him. Austin Wells, big catching prospect. Catching's a hole. Leave him. Everyone else, I don't care. Move on. Why is Esteban Florial hitting 370 or whatever in, in AAA, but every time he comes up, it's not there? The Yankees continue to do this to their prospects to the point where like they they pigeonhole them and then they lock them down and then they can't succeed and then they can't move them. Then they're not worth anything. Move them now. Go get guys now. It's you know it's interesting. It's an expectation thing. Where I think of all places, New York is the one of the hardest places, not the hardest place to play. Sure. Because you have to have thick skin. You got to be okay with struggling. And when the team's struggling, and then you're a part of that struggle, that's not a good headspace where you kind of feel like you're on pins and needles. You know, and some of these guys being called up, that's that type of thing. Like, if I don't play well, it's magnified, and I might lose that opportunity, and I'm getting sent back down. I know, even though the Orioles are having a lot of success, and I'll touch on kind of a difference of it, I know some guys, too, you get called up, and you go, well, wait a minute, why aren't you doing the same thing down there? Like, you know, with the Orioles, Kyle Stowers... Uh, was destroying balls in the minor leagues. And he comes to Baltimore, and then the other context is, well, maybe you're not playing every day, which he wasn't. And then when you are playing, you're feeling out mm. of sync, and you're trying to find the rhythm. And then you have to deal with the fact of, well, what? And, and then, again, this is not anything wrong with it. This is the reality of the business here. Teams are going to then prioritize who they want to have in the lineup. And if they don't think or they don't trust you, there's a reason why Aaron Hicks is still playing a ton when Baltimore is because the coaching staff trust Hicks. And he's playing there even with some of the prospects like Kowser coming up. So I think that goes into it. You mentioned about Volpe. Sometimes the most random persons that could actually help you out, I will say that. But from what I've even heard, there's just way, there was such a disconnect and a negativity around the struggles. And when you have that type of energy, you feel like you can't figure out something that could look so obvious. And that's not just a New York problem. That's just mm. anywhere. But that's to me why Sean Casey came in. Because yeah. he's the most he's a positive dude. He's a vibe he's guy. He's a vibe guy. And sometimes just having that change of energy is all it takes. Yeah. Like I, I said this before, a fresh start, a fresh mind could be the best thing for someone, and you might just change nothing or maybe this much. But clearly, to your point, something got a hold in New York where these guys coming up and their current roster, the vibes there, especially all offensively, 
they were playing tight and they and they looked lost. So yeah. um and you hope for those prospects. I wouldn't be surprised to your point though. You're right. The the value went down, but it doesn't mean their careers are over. They could go somewhere else and really flourish. Yeah. My last two notes. Um the Oh, I had a perfect transition. Sorry, Sucka. IKF. <laughs> why are we we're playing every day? I don't understand. He was supposed to be a bench role. Now he's literally playing every single day. I don't know what that is. And then my second thing is I think every Yankee fan in the world called this this mystery Josh Donaldson IL stint. I know we saw him coming up limp getting down the line, but everyone, every single Yankee fan saw this coming. Right before the deadline, he was going to go to the IL. Peraza comes up and fills that spot. I know it's a 10-day it's going to last a while and it's going to last past the deadline. So Cashman doesn't have to catch any heat as to why he couldn't move or DFA Josh Donaldson. This is why it's just so predictable. It's so predictable. All right. Speaking of predictable, let's rewind. Let's rewind. (laughs) You just want a better transition. Ryan said something about guys going elsewhere and flourishing. Enter Kyle with the transition of speaking of guys going elsewhere. Let's get into some trade predictions. I had asked Nate and Ryan and myself to bring a couple trade predictions to today's episode. So uh, we'll have to keep it somewhat brief. Can't go super in depth here for sake of time, but let's uh, let's do a little round table here and I want to hear where you could see some names uh, being moved to come end of the month. Ryan, I'll give you the honors. You're the guest. Oh, man. Well, I feel that... mm, You know what? I'm not going to steal. I'm going to go with something smaller here. He's got Shohei (laughs) coming to Baltimore. It's... (laughs) No, absolutely, absolutely not. Um, But I do think the Cardinals group, someone is going. And in that case, and maybe this could be too bold, and maybe it's not like this, but a guy like Jordan Hicks, I could see coming to Baltimore. Someone like that that, where... Just for the sense of, and, the, oh, and hear me out here. Seven, eight, nine would be absolutely miserable to face them. So hear, hear me out. I don't know. The Cardinals said they're selling. So you think, would that be Arenado? Would that be Goldschmidt? But maybe, just maybe it could be Hicks. So I'm going to get a little bit bold here. And Ali might knock over my mic in the process because he woke up from his nap. Ali. But anyway, Ali. Anyway, hypothetically here, why I think Hicks to Baltimore could be interesting is because... The Orioles right now, they've done a lot of great things. I think their starting pitcher, which everyone thinks that they make a move. I don't know if necessarily that's more of a need. Relief pitching for me is because guys that you expected to start the year, Dylan Tate and Michael Givens. Givens looks to be done. Tate was said he's being shut down. Last year, the bullpen ran out of gas. You already have two all-stars in Cano and Batista on the back end. The bullpen done, has done a tremendous job, but you need a little bit of more help because... I'll tell you what, watching the team, they don't call a lot of guys up. They don't trust a lot of arms. So I think that would be a move that would fit for Baltimore. That's my number one. Anyone else has the floor. Would that be a would that be a seven eight nine of Cano Hicks Batista? Or do you see it going elsewhere? 
Well, let's think about I think, like, I think, this I think, stretch. I think the, I, Kano's how, a Swiss Army knife. That's what I was going to say. How often yeah. can you go in this stretch where like you're almost not necessarily platooning the closing role, but like those those you know early week closing jobs or maybe even like a ninth inning where it's not a close opportunity and you got a big lead just just hammer it down i think like you have closing experience in hicks you have cano and batista can do whatever they want so i think like you can kind of rotate through those guys while it's still being batista's role right well, you wouldn't be throwing yeah, Hicks into any un, unusual territory of that either because no. he's already right. in that sort right. of like platoonish role because right. Helsley, I know Helsley, I think is still in the IL, but like right. he, so that, that wouldn't that, be anything that, he's not used to. Well, and the other part of it too, and here's the example of it, is, I mean, Batista's had an unbelievable year. C- Cano's done his thing. When you get to the Orioles... I think the only pitcher right now with postseason experience, I think there might be one guy with the innings, it's Kyle Gibson. That's mm-hmm. it. So if you're expecting to go to the playoffs in postseason, and I believe Batista can handle the moment, I believe Cano, and and like my guy Mike Bauman, who who has been that Swiss Army knife for them, that's been saying, hey, go give me two innings, and then Mike come in with the bases loaded. He's done that. But right now there's a short list of people that they fully are comfortable with they need a little bit more help. And especially with the injuries they've had in the bullpen so far, it just makes sense. If it's a Jordan Hicks type of arm or like the Orioles like to do, they like to go find a diamond in the rough. But it seems to me you're going to need someone with a little bit uh, either experience or some life that can make it almost like a a dominating back of the bullpen. All right, let me ask you this question because this could dictate where I'm thinking this name goes. Uh Uh-oh. How much... How how much or many rumblings are going about additioning or adding to the um, the starting rotation? I think that's definitely a, a talking point, and okay. and I think that that's that is a interest. But to me, I don't know because there's six pitchers right now that they have. Grayson Rodriguez just got called up. Cole Irving is going to the bullpen. Tyler Wells has pitched really well. Kyle Bradish is actually been on fire. Dean Kramer, Gibson. So you feel like you have six arms right now. You might get one more. John Means is coming back and he's going to be limited. So that's the only thing where the Orioles have been a little bit more depleted on the bullpen side. And last year was the perfect example of they were in a good position and their bullpen overachieved and then ran out of gas. So I would put it there, but it's not the Orioles to me. They don't need to go get a bat. An offensive player makes no sense. It's all it's, it's gotta be pitching. All right. Well, here's my prediction then. Please. Blake Snell to the O's. Wow. Look, 16 mil owed this year. Orioles can make up eight mil, right? free agent next year it's a true rental you talk about experience of being in the postseason you have a a fairly young rotation that doesn't have that experience of going down this stretch i think there's a lot of teams attached to blakes now i had another team i put o's slash blue jays so i think it is al east um but i feel like the orioles are a little bit more fun I think uh, I'm hearing some stuff about, I didn't have this name on here, but the Blue Jays kind of being attached to Marcus Stroman. So 
a little reunion there. But yeah, I think Blake Snell to to the O's could be fun. I think that could be sweet, and it's not too expensive. And then they're looking for that lefty starter. You know what? I actually was thinking about using Snell to start off, but I'm glad my my spider sense was tingling. <laughs> well, you mentioned uh, Marcus Stroman, a guy that we just absolutely love here on the 3-0 tech. Um, no, not really. I have Marcus Stroman going to... Not the Blue Jays. I did I did read that and mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. But I have Marcus Stroman going to the Astros. Oh. They need some help on the rotation. Framber Valdez has he's uh he's day to day. He's been dealing with some things. Uh Luis Gar you lost Luis Garcia earlier this year. Christian Javier has been kind of underwhelming. Yeah, he's been up and down. Um so all that to say, could use some some uh, help on in the rotation. And Marcus that, Stroman pitching, that big, pitching very like, well. Middle finger attitude. Oh, and my li- my fits. my single note for this trade prediction was that the Astros have made it abundantly clear that it's okay that they're okay with allowed play as long as you produce. And mm-hmm. to me, Marcus Stroman fits that bill perfectly. That's interesting. I haven't heard that one. I've heard Giants, Blue Jays. I didn't. I haven't heard the Astros. I like that. That's ballsy. That's what I got. Do you guys have a second one? I do. I have a second one. Why Can don't I you just, guys start? Yeah, I'll go just, ahead. Uh, yeah, I'll just we'll uh, we'll snake this thing. I'll I'll uh, knock mine out real quick. My second one, another pitcher, Lance Lynn to the Reds. Ooh, and let me tell you why. A rotation. Similar to the Astros, they've been dealing with some injuries as well. But did you know, you probably would have been able to guess if you thought about it, but the Reds are Major League Baseball's second youngest team. Mm-hmm. So to me, having a guy like Lance Lynn say what you will about his performance as of late, but like you said, Nate, last episode, it's in there. You know mm-hmm. it's in there. Yeah. And maybe shipping him over to Cincy for for the remainder of the season get some some veteran presence in there might do wonders for both he's going somewhere i think everyone knows that but i like that pick i like that landing spot all right i teased this earlier about bryce harper finally getting back to the outfield which kind of clears up a, a dh spot but there's a hole and there's a bat that needs to be added to that lineup and dombrowski ain't scurred give me paulie goldschmidt to the Phillies yeah 35 years old said to be a free agent in 2025 so still under control next year I think that may help the situation with Reese Hoskins there's a rotating DH first base alternating situation you could do there um he is owed 22 mil next year so I didn't really look too much into like financial what the Phillies are looking at but I think that could be pretty sweet. And he doesn't, he's not a spotlight guy, right? He no. like, he's just show up, produce. Um, so yeah, I think that like you have the names on there that can take the spotlight and just let him do his thing. Just a quick note on the Phillies for anybody listening, wondering, well, why would the Phillies be serious buyers? Another note from uh, Carabas this morning, the Phillies were a season worth seven games under 500 on June 2nd. They've since won 26 of 36 
to move to a season-high nine games over 500 at 51-42. and 42. Only the Braves have a better record in the majors over that span. Their playoff odds coming into today, Monday, are up to 69.4% per fan graphs. Cardinals have, come out, Cardinals have come out and said that they're selling. They've they've been that direct. The I Phillies, think Nolan stays. I think that yeah, there's too much sure. control there. Yeah. I think he stays. The the Goldschmidt being, you know, he's going to turn 36 next year like that. You know, only one year left. That just makes more sense to me. Yeah. I like that. So, I've been debating this for a little bit. Bought you some time? No, because I'm going back and forth because a guy that I think could be on the move, because you brought up one pitcher for the White Sox, and I think Giolito, you brought up Lynn, I think Giolito could be on the move to a team, but it's going, well, who could that possibly be? Thinking, well, that could be the Rangers. I think the Rangers losing to Grom and adding that in. That's what I said months ago. I love that. Pick. I and I'm still with you on that. I there's two different ways. There's the hopeful one, but I we're talking about the Cardinals. Dare we see Nolan Arenado make a way to New York and yes, get traded please. to I'm the super Ooh. down? Look, I'm super down. I'm super down. And the only way I'm saying this, to be honest, of the two, I don't know if they're going to ship off Goldie and Arenado, right? But if they are, and that is a position that needs to be upgraded and need a little bit of help over there in the Bronx, it makes sense to bring in one of the best players. Hopefully you get Judge back. And And I don't know why, and I know maybe you guys haven't talked about this, if he doesn't go to the Dodgers, I just, in my core, I don't want it, but why do I feel like Otani would go to the Yankees? I don't want it. I said that last week, Ryan. I said uh, I, was I being, don't want I was it. being bold, and I said the Yankees would either get Soto or Otani. See, the Soto thing, I don't know if I'm fully behind him going to New York. I think that could be too much. I think an Arenado move to me would be less expensive and I think also be able to fill some holes personally. Um, Unless you guys want Josh Donaldson back. I I mean, I would love to have Josh, Josh Donaldson (laughs) hold it down over there at third personally. Um, No, but you mentioned, you mentioned the Phillies. (laughs) I've seen a lot of Philly Soto talk. That would be nuts. They need a left fielder. Schwarber. I mean, that's, this is why Bryce Harper is getting back in the outfield. Schwarber is a nightmare in the outfield. I mean, let's just get every former national star that ever came through that organization yeah, right. and get him to Philly. That's that's uh, the, that's the end game here. So either way, our predictions. I think Philly is getting. They're getting a dude somewhere, somehow. I miss Dave Dombrowski so much. <laughs> I like it. I think I it's like safe to say though to, to the Yanks. Yes, please. That's a dream. I think. I think I think it's safe to say if we're trusting what the cards are saying, th- they said they're making moves. They said they're making moves at the deadline. Does not look like they're going to be in the hunt for that division. You would have to think that one of their big guys would be available. Phillies will be aggressive. Is there one team? Let me ask you, you this, like Ryan. While, while we're yeah, on that, if the Yankees are talking about needing to buy on a catcher, do you really see? The Cardinals packaging Nolan and, and Mr. Contreras 
together. <sighs> There's issues behind the plate. I think that's well documented with Contreras very well documented. Very well documented. The stick I, is still there. That's been the issue for the Yankees. No offensive production from catchers. Can I add a question to your question? Okay. So question to the question. As when they came out and said that they were sellers, they said, we can tell you that we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be household names or more of guys that just aren't likely going to be here next year. Mm. Interpret that how you will. But yeah, with that said, well, and then like we've heard Newt Barr, that kind of fills a hole for the Yankees. We saw that the Yankees and the Cardinals were able to get a deal done last year with Montgomery and Bader. Like there's yeah. some connection there that I think maybe there is a little bit of a knocking on the door on Arenado, and then you package another name in there to fill a gap. Yeah, it just feels like it's something's happening. It just feels like it's it's on the cusp. It's going to happen. The AL Central to me, I really don't know what to make of other teams. You know, like are those teams going to sell or not? Because you're looking at it because even like the White Sox, like they have some guys, but they have so much money invested in like some bats, you know, not that I would see them make this move, but if they were struggling, like Eloy Jimenez is a guy that would probably help a team, but is he going to move, right? Mm -hmm. I think I I read that they're holding on to uh, Cease most likely. He's locked down. Uh, Yeah, he's not going Uh, Jimenez and there was one other oh or maybe one or two others Vaughn I think was one of them Mm. um it's just interesting he's included so you so that's what I'm saying like I'm trying to look around at a bat right now to be like who would be a guy and to me it just keeps coming back to where who are two bats that can immediately make an impact on your team and they happen to be on the same team in St. Louis so right We'll see. That's the uh, that's the fun part about it all. But make no mistake, uh, um, things things are going to heat up here, everyone, real quickly. Um, Otani to the Orioles is not one of those that I think is going to happen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. That was actually a prediction I had, but chose not to share it. No, mm. not actually. But. Uh, real quick on that Otani thing, did did you guys see that the the Rays were supposed to be this like a mystery team in on Otani? What is that? I've heard that with Soto. I haven't heard that with Otani yet. No, it, they're the they're the uh, they're the newest mystery team in on Otani. Apparently, I think they'll get to somebody. The Tampa Bay Times. Well, that would be something. Wait. Why would if you're the Rays, why would you sell the farm to get Otani as a pure rental, knowing that he's not going to be there beyond this year? Because you the know Rays the, would never sign Otani in a million you know, years. You know the thing that's interesting, and this kind of reminds me of something that happened with Machado. It's like when you know, it, I think it's I think it's fair to say we none of us think that Otani is going back to the Angels next year, right? Yeah, Feels correct. like it. Feels like this is this is going to be it. So if other teams are recognizing that. And like, well, we know he's not going to be back. Same thing with Machado. Everyone knew he wasn't going to come back to Baltimore. And it was a little bit harder, even though it ended up Dean Kramer was a part of that deal for the Orioles. It worked out. He's been pitching great. But you're hoping for what you're getting that you're going to have multiple players that pan out. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, those guys who were in that trade were my teammates. I love those guys, just the nature of the business. So my point is what the Angels are asking for. I don't know if they're going to get that. 
like mm-hmm. that type of Otani's. They don't have that. Uh, they don't have the leverage. They don't have the leverage to ask for too much. You exactly. Know I mean? Exactly. So that's my point is they could say we want three of top hundred prospects and some team, if they feel like the Orioles do have that plethora to it, but the Orioles could be like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to deal with that. And other teams are probably saying the same thing. We'll take our chance. And we think that maybe one team will give it up to you, but we're not, we're going to, we're going to roll the dice that, that it might not, that it's, that it'll just play out how it happens. If I'm Otani's agent, I think if there is a way you can somehow find a way to facilitate a trade to the East Coast, that just blows the doors off of his free agent market. Because everyone's talking about how he wants to stay on the West Coast. He wants to be able to have Japanese fans be able to watch him. But you're eliminating half the league, if not more. So if you can find a way to get a trade to the East Coast, it all of a sudden starts to rack up his price this offseason. That's actually a fantastic point I had not considered. Thanks. Because if you're Otani, all you have to do is grin and bear it. For Like, even if you hate being out here, you just... It's two months. Grin and bear it for a couple months, yeah. and then just play it off as though you're open to going to any any team. And like you said, that drives up your market. Yeah, yeah, that's the reality of it, right? It's love it. it's fascinating because he re- like watching the game last night. I mean, people are getting excited about his foul balls. Like he is the mo- he he is the entertainer of baseball. People will line up to watch this guy play, no matter where he's going to be. Especially in that Orioles orange and black. That actually, that would be so electric because that team's got, the vibes are high, great energy. If the, Ori- if the Orioles did get Otani, then they're the World Series favorite. Who <laughs> Like, that's a, Show- that's a guarantee. Shohei would literally hit a ball over the warehouse. Like, Very I don't sick. think, this is like a, the Orioles need to recognize the opportunity that is before them and just <laughs> take full advantage here. Like, Shohei planting balls on U Street, night or Utah Street nightly. Come on. A lineup a lineup consisting of Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman, Shohei Otani at the top of the order. And then, by the way, Austin Hayes and an all-star, Santander. It's like, that is That's absurd. a lot of lefty juice. That's a lot of lefty juice. Here you go. It's a, good, ha- par- it's a good park to be a lefty. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. If you're going to hold, like we just talked about, if you're going to hold off on, extent, on signing or extending Adley and Gunnar and guys like that, fine. Put all that money towards Shohei, make billions in jersey sales, and then use that to then extend your guys, and you're literally set for the next decade. There. I just solved Baltimore's problems in 30 seconds. I want to see that signature inside-out tank job over Mount Baltimore. That would be dope. Are they still doing the bird bath? I bet you the bird bath would be electric with Shohei. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if there's one, as far as fun level, no, nothing would be more fun if you came to Baltimore because just that energy is contagious. Uh, you know, if we're talking about iconic, it'd be New York, or even Fenway would be cool, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen there. But Balt- Baltimore's vibes are are just through the roof, and the fans are just eating up everything the team's doing on the field. Imagine adding in Otani to that mix. It might be like a, they have a bath. It just might be like a, a like a bird tidal wave if he's on that team. In like, my mind, just, just keep the hose running for the entire game. In my mind, he's coming to Baltimore, and it's it's really cool to to think about. So I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this wave. Uh, gentlemen, we got to get out of here. This was fun. Let's do it again sometime. 
Yeah. Uh, right. Any thoughts before we get out of here? D- don't be strangers, guys. You know, let's uh, let's keep this going. Let's 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 get the people what they want, though. We'll get a trip to Baltimore, even D.C. We can do a little uh, talk, a little ball talk around the yard. I know, Kyle, we're, we're closer now. Uh, All right, here's it. an agreement. Honest... Here's, here's an agreement. If the Red Sox or the Yankees match up with the O's in the wild card. Oh, come on. We will make that happen. Come I will on. show up. I'll show up even if it's still the Red Sox or the O's. I'll show up. We'll make that work. Okay. Deal. That's fine, and you'll buy the tickets. It'll be no, great. I hadn't no, no, even no, no, considered no, no. that possibility until just now. So, <laughs> Shohei coming to Baltimore is that's going to have to sit on the back burner. This is more yeah. so what I'm looking forward to. So. Yeah, this can be dope. I like yeah. it. But but that's it. Hey, uh, I'm glad to be back on. Love love the three O take community. Uh, you know, awesome. So for everyone, as always, because I'm the positive guy of the group. Great day to have a day, and uh, we'll see you next time. Don't go chasing curveballs, guys. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.